Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello, it's Pauline and welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. Today I meet with Susan, who comes from Donegal in Ireland and has been living in France for a couple of years now. And today she will be talking about socializing and meeting people abroad, but also how do you not go too far in your alcohol consumption, let's say, when you start socializing and meet, meeting new people, it can be difficult to adjust and navigate this in the different cultures. So hi, Susan, how are you? Hi, Pauline. Thanks for having me. I'm Grant. I'm Grant. I love the way you said a couple of years. I don't it's know how long. Of, yeah, it's a couple of decades now. <laughs> you make me feel young. Everyone's yeah. young. <laughs> So you know France probably very well now, and it's wine culture, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An Irish person in France, you have to talk about um, <laughs> to talk about drinking. I think, yeah. Sure. Well, before we dive into that piece, uh, let's go back a little bit. And first, I'll let you introduce yourself briefly to to our audience. Sure. Well, I'm Susan Hodgson and I am, as you can hear from the accent, you might need to put subtitles on this one. Um, <laughs> I'm from Donegal in the northwest of Ireland and um, I've been living here um, just outside Paris for um, oh, uh, quite a while. I, I lived in Paris in the centre when I was in my 20s and right. then when I settled um <laughs> settled down we moved out to the eastern burbs here and i'm in a lovely little town called nogent sur marne okay. by the river uh, and um so i am um, i'm a bit of a an accidental expat i'm not a, a very <laughs> i wasn't a very intentional um, uh, uh, expat i um grew up in the countryside by the sea up in donegal you have to put that on your bucket list Pauline um it's gorgeous it's beautiful beaches and beautiful countryside and so I grew up there and went to college in Dublin and um then when I left college I thought I'd try teaching a little bit and um at that time everybody ha was doing the TEFL I don't know if okay, you, have you heard of that the TEFL teaching that. English yeah teaching English as a foreign language so um, so uh, we were all doing that and um, so that allowed me to um, have a couple of um, like stints in Germany and Spain teaching English um, so that was fun and I was a bit sort of back and forth to Ireland and uh, when I was in my 20s I was working in the service industry and my sister was actually in Paris for a year on a trip and so of course, I had to come over to visit. and visit. Yes, exactly. So I um, uh, they booked a holiday for a week and um, headed off with my uh, backpack and um, basically never left. So <laughs> my 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 week turned into years. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So you went to Paris. You met your sister, and you just said you ended up staying and not leaving. How did you end up? saying what happened and what clicked in your mind saying I'm gonna make my life here um yeah well uh, um I think 
I was having such a lovely time and having such fun and meeting such amazing people from like all over the world. I was very much like an expat with expats rather than um, meeting French people. I um, The time just um, went on and I didn't, like, like I said, I didn't really intentionally say I am now, you know, settled in mm. Paris. The time just kept, went on and then it was a year and it was two years. Right. And, um, and I was still doing my sort of, you know, back and forth because it's relatively easy to, to Ireland. And um, then when I met my now husband at a party, um, and he is, he is Parisian, born and okay. bred in Paris. So that's a, another rare breed. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the whole of Paris was from Provence, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, so when I met him, uh, I, I guess I stepped more into the, it's more difficult to leave now. I don't, you know, I'm not as, um, free, uh, free and easy mm. as I was, cause I'm really, I'm more invested in this relationship now. And I, um, and I want, I want to stay for this relationship. So, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we fell in love and I fell in love with him in Paris as well so it was just you know love <laughs> love central and um we uh, worked through our our um I guess you'd say cultural differences as well okay. to make it work and um the language dif- di- difficulties my French wasn't great and his English wasn't great we had this kind of weird <laughs> we had this kind of weird language going on between us yeah and um, so we, um, after a couple of years, we moved in together and um, I compromised and moved out of the Marais <laughs> and uh, we moved to get a bigger place because Paris was getting extremely expensive. Yeah. yeah. So we moved to get a, a bigger place together and move out to the Poche Bonlieu, um, like close by uh, suburbs. And um, basically as soon as he, as soon as we signed the lease, um, he basically got transferred to Germany with his work oh. on a th- yeah on a three month contract, uh, which in itself was no big deal because we were like oh, well, back and forth that's fun um, for a couple of months. But um, in the end, the contract just kept getting extended Going on and on. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and um, and he was there for almost a year and a half. And so at this stage, this time, I realized, like with hindsight, of course, um, it's um, a lot easier <laughs> to see. <laughs> but this was my sort of first time. I was like, I didn't have my, um, well, I didn't have my boyfriend and I didn't have my base of expat friends because right. I was living outside out, of Paris. outside of Paris and it was more complicated to see them. And so, um, you know, uh, in retrospect, I realized I started working longer hours to not be on my own oh, right. and things like that, you know, because I just wasn't, it wasn't something I was familiar with. And even though I was like an, an expat, I think I hadn't like really embraced expat life. I was in my mm. own little bubble and I kind of, um, yeah, circumnavigated that discomfort quite well <laughs> okay. um, by, you know, working longer Long hours, hours and um I hadn't got that feeling of feeling like being at home yet if you know what I mean so yeah so I guess before you moved out of Paris you were sort of in that sort of 
expat early days bubble where you've met a lot of people and you're going out and you're constantly discovering you're not in the mm. like I'm in normal life in a way phase where everything starts hitting you after once you're a bit more lonely because you have more time to reflect yes yeah yeah exactly and that and like the difficult things I think become more difficult um whereas you you know could laugh off the the grumpy Mm -hmm. electric board that won't turn off on your you know your electricity supply or whatever you can laugh it off but um when you're on your own it's harder um, yeah with these like challenges that all the that all expats have you know feeling lonely and feeling guilty for being away and wondering what am I doing here should I go Mm -hmm. home and inverted commas those sort of things you know um they all sort of get intensified hmm. yeah so well and, and eventually he uh he came, he came back, back after uh after a year and a half so we thought well if we've 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 managed this you know and so we um we uh bought a place together and then started um talking about having a family and um so that's another sort of like mega experience to navigate <laughs> as an expat um pregnancy and motherhood and um like a whole a whole new vocabulary to learn yes well. <laughs> also in a, in a different language new new grumpy people to see you know <laughs> uh, getting con- conflicting advice and um sort of you know the back home advice and then the the, the, the local advice, advice. The local advice. <laughs> yeah and 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 all that sort of all that head um drama of who's doing it right you know am I doing mm. it right are they doing it right um along with that I have absolutely have to get this right because you know we're talking the about motherhood it. pressure <laughs> exactly yeah and we're were you able at some point to sort of make your own decisions and pick from one pieces from one culture and from the other to integrate and make your own sort of education or take your own direction I I don't think I really had I felt that I had that option I felt like I had to go with the the French flow okay um for example um when I was having my my first um son everybody told my friends all tell me to, to like make out a do a like it's like a birth plan of how you think want things to go and you know do you want to have music and do you want to do mm. this that and the other and I took my birth plan into the the delivery room and the, the midwife basically laughed at me she was like <laughs> what is this lie down and have your epidural don't bother me with that you know? <laughs> so I was like you know oh okay <laughs> that sort of that sort of thing you know and in uh, and in the end it kind of becomes a, a, a bit of a, a you know a, a, a stressor so you kind of just go with the go with the local flow so yeah so 10 10 years after arriving for a week um yeah I found myself a you know an expat mom Bad now mom. so like a new yeah a new another new identity to to, to grapple with you know so um that then was where I met um, my, I guess my support there then became the English speaking mom okay. groups. Yeah. Which was great to have because you do, I guess I never, I didn't really feel as foreign as when I, you know, when I 
took a step into the the parenthood um, or, or the expat parenthood like challenges and, and great things you know all right shifting gears a little bit how did you come to your coaching with that specific area mm-hmm. okay uh, um sure when i this is 10 like 13 years ago now um but when i um had my first son and i and i was my support group was the english speaking mom mm-hmm. group so we were all sort of in the same boat and this was the beginnings i guess of like the mummy wine culture oh okay thing. yeah um and it was like we we would have coffee and play dates and get together and have a good mm. chat and a good moan about yeah. you know what's wrong with <laughs> what's wrong with Paris you know um but our real treat was when we could have a glass of rosé mm. you know when you'd have um and at sort of uh it, it it's another step I went from like party expats so party drinking to so the, the more social like, yeah like it's different it's, it's like not a uh, like a quick switch because I went from like yeah party party Susan expat to like um more sophisticated at home drinking dinner parties and mm. that sort of thing and then um and then with the sort of the with yeah with the mommy wine culture it's like your treat the message is that your treat is a glass of wine because parenting is so hard okay and um and it feels hard when you're exhausted mm. and you're in a different country and you've made a mistake on something again some form you didn't <laughs> fill in right or you missed the sign up for school again yeah. and things like that you know and then and so you you do have this sort of um yeah bubble of other mothers Mothers. and and with the same uh with the same challenges and you sort of learn if you like the media and uh, like all the marketing and the funny memes and everything about you know mommy needs wine and um uh that sort of thing I think sort of maybe concretized it as um like a form of self-care for me it was my sort of um it was my treat it was my way of having time for myself and and of course everybody drinks you know yeah it's like our in our society everybody everybody drinks so it's kind of you forget what sort of taking care of yourself um really entails if you're if you're giving that job to a glass of wine. Yeah, the self-care was a glass of wine, but there was no other sort of, it's easy to forget that there's other ways of, of self-care. Exactly, yes. Yeah. 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 I, I think as an expat, it is sort of a way of socializing also, like going mm-hmm. for a drink or, and there's this piece where you're a little bit more extrovert, a little less shy, or you're sort of, come down and so it's a sort of easy way to start mingling when you move to a new place and you don't know people and it's like so how do you sort of help people to navigate around that and not like go too far in it or just at least find the balance yeah well I think you know it's interesting because it's it's 
like there's a sober curious movement and it's mm. not about being sober it's about being curious so what you were saying about um you know um going out and, and and having a drink to sort of loosen up and get a bit more chatty and things like that um sure that sure it works but if you um if you go back to how you're feeling before you go out and um sort of listen to yourself and what's what's going on for you like why are you nervous mm. are you nervous or are you excited to meet new people um are you um are you afraid people won't like you are you afraid um that you won't fit in if you don't have a drink those sort of things um asking those sort of questions rather than just automatically going straight for a drink because that will um fix something if you like that'll fix mm. some feeling of of not fitting in and um i mean it's like we said um expats drink everybody drinks it's a way of socializing it's a way of meeting people but um it's a little bit like you know if you give the booze all the credit for mm. you having a good time or you know for people liking you then it's is it really you know giving you what it's promising you know is it um is it is it helping you or is it just doing is it doing a job for you if you like right so expats drink but obviously they're not the only ones but do you feel like there is more propension or more sort of drinking around when you are what expats or um, I see what you mean because I think I think um drinking is so like inextricably linked with being an expat because all our cultures um believe that we need to have a drink in order to have a good time and to meet people and mingle and relax so whether you're from Ireland or you're from France or the US or Spain or you know wherever we all have that sort of cultural conditioning that we need to have a drink to be able to um to meet people and yeah. and fit in so i think it's so then i think it's kind of normal that you know when a bunch of expats get together drinking is like the way of uh you know of um forming those those group your group or yeah. your um yeah our belonging but um it's also like it's also with the like with the self care um if um like a glass of wine or whatever is is acting as your uh, is your your form of self care if going out and drinking is your only way of socializing um then you sort of forget what else mm. you like to do you know right. and there's and we do tend to forget that there's a gazillion ways of meeting people and you know and having fun and and um not having a hangover in the morning <laughs> <laughs> you know harder to handle when you have kids <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> yeah okay um and so how do you sort of drive people to be conscious about this and what sort of mm-hmm. other suggestions to meet people and mingle in different different ways perhaps well i think it's um it's important to 
like consciously think what 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 is fun for me what do I enjoy doing and you know whether you're an expat or you're 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 settled um it's it's kind of easy to lose that sort of adventurous spirit and like you know forget about the sports you used to like to do forget about going to you know forget about going to the galleries or going exploring or um I don't know um cooking or you know just eating (laughs) eating out Mm -hmm. and things like that when it's just easier to meet for uh, it's easier to meet for a drink after work or at the weekend you know and so um for you know people who are trying who are a bit curious about you know having a social life with maybe less drinking in it um i think being curious being curious about what makes you happy and what like brings you um joy if you like um is is really key like there's no there shouldn't be any you know i mustn't or i can't drink i shouldn't drink um there's none of that it's just really being um aware of um like we said what's what is um what's happening for you when you go out like what um what could be making you feel uncomfortable Mm. and um and in the end like will a drink make you feel better or it will that just you know numb out that discomfort that you're feeling and so i think you know when people um want to like it's like try it try an evening out without drinking there are a few things you can do. You can do. It's like it's like I said, the language is very important. None of no sort of shouldn't, couldn't, can't kind of thing because right. you immediately feel like you're going to miss out on something. Mm. Um, if you, I mean, it's all about like I said, it's all about getting cu- curious and um, make it. If you make a like a firm decision and say, right, I'm going to experiment tonight. I'm actually going decide. I've decided I'm actually not going to drink tonight, and um, like practice that for yourself that decision I'm not going to drink tonight um and um it's rather than a sort of a well maybe I won't I'll see how it goes that sort of thing make that firm decision um because you know arrive at the bar and somebody says what are you having I'll have a cone no I'll have a glass of wine (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so uh, saying that then too your friends, the people um, you're meeting. Um, I've decided I'm not drinking tonight. Um, I'll whatever. I'll have a water. I'll have a coke. I'll have something else. Um, have a bit of a strategy. You know, um, think about what it is you you actually want to get out of of the evening. What? Why are you going? Is it? Are you going for the drinks? Or are you going to chat with whoever um, whoever you're with? Uh, you can have a you can have a plan in place of when you actually want to leave you know if you're fast forwarding the evening to um sort of what will happen if i have a drink and what will happen if i when i don't have a drink how i actually want to feel tomorrow and how i want to sleep and like what i've got planned for my saturday things like that you know how i want to remember the evening and um how contented i want to feel you know is kind of all about getting curious as to like what you actually want from that evening out you know does that make sense yeah 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 completely around like finding your real purpose and I mean of course there 
there's never any obligation to to drink and i think more and more there's less pressure i feel like it has become a bit more widespread of a sober is good you know um that it's it's become uh the norm also yeah 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 no it is very it's very interesting and I think that was one of the a gift from the pandemic is that people (laughs) became a lot more aware of Mm. um benefits of actually taking a break break. yeah then I do think that some like some cultures or some countries are more maybe a bit more difficult than others to to adapt to with this um and you, you mentioned like France and Ireland are both yes I'd say definitely like drinking is very big part of the social um the social life and I I really felt it in Ireland where mm maybe the other option was to go for a brunch or a sports class but other than that it was the first go-to for many people was really just go to the pub and mm. in France it's a little bit of the same but perhaps there was a bit more in terms of cultural options um, of museums ex- expositions or things like that mm. in that way I feel it can be a little bit tricky for young expats to adapt and actually have sort of the stance to say, well, actually, this is, doesn't suit me and I'm going to have to find another another option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's um, knowing as well that there are other people, like you're not the only mm. person. Yes, you know, but it's finding like also that. those people that you're going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think finding that community of people who want to do something else on a weekend or whatever is, yeah, is very important. And like, that's where, I mean, uh, like all the websites and the, and the, um, and the, and the communities and the, Hmm. the Instagrammers and the TikTokers and and the, like with the sober, you know, with that, with the um, air quotes, sober but right. um, it's really more about being curious about what else, you know, what else is out there, you know. Definitely. Um, because, I mean, the, the whole fitting fitting in can sometimes, you know, not. Um, I feel like you won't necessarily meet the people that you actually want to. Ex- yeah, exactly. It can be a bit of that that quick win, easy. That okay, I don't feel too lonely, but it won't necessarily be that long lasting and even like sane relationship later on mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and if you're trying to like mold yourself into sort of a shape that doesn't fit you and it doesn't mm. make you feel like you're being yourself it's it's not it's not sustainable because you just yeah you feel terrible about yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah right well Thanks. Interesting. Yeah, interesting takes. And good to see that there's options and it's more around mindset, curiosity, and it's making that effort to find find the right tribe that that's that's actually going to suit your your needs and knowing um knowing yourself. Um to move on to your recommendations then uh, either in Paris or Paris suburbs. Yeah. What's best for you? Okay. Um. Well, my um, 
cafe restaurant is um, Le Petit Fer à Cheval okay. on Rue Vieille du Temple, where I used to live in Marais. <laughs> And um, I love it because it's a tiny little, it's a tiny little um, bistro with a horseshoe bar and a mm. tiny little seating area de- uh, behind and a tiny little terrace. And it's very, it's just very Parisian. <laughs> and, um, they do like great big salads and they do lovely soups and everything. And it's just, um, it's a lovely place to sit and watch, you know, the mare go by mm. if you can get a space on this, on the tiny terrace. Yeah. Uh, um, my carte blanche um, has to be alcohol free, doesn't it? Um, it would be better. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there is a an alcohol free okay. shop in uh, the 19th arrondissement right. called La Pont. Excuse my pronunciation. La Pont qui boit the um, peacock. Ah, Le Pont. Thank you, Pauline. And so they have their, I think, like the first. They have this like huge, amazing selection of like beers and and wines and all sorts of you know um, grown up drinks um, there that are all all alcohol Alcohol free. free. Okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really nice. I think I've heard of it recently, actually. Yeah. And I forgot your song, your expat song. I will. My expat song. I don't know if it's an actual expat song, but um, uh, my kids um, said, oh, you have to say me too, Megan Trainer." Okay. <laughs> there's, a line, there's a line in it or she goes uh, something like, I'm not going to sing, that'd be awful. Um, uh, something like, I, th- I thank God every day I wake up and feel this way, you know. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, so, so that's from me and my kids. Lovely. Well, we'll add that one to the comments also. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chloe. Thank you so much. And well, thanks so much for joining, Susan, and you're sharing your 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 tips and ideas. Guys, if you enjoyed the episode, please put a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And as usual, you can find all the information on Instagram. And there is also a TP account if you want to contribute. It will be linked in the the comments. 